0: everyone. Welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. I have a question for all of you. I'm wondering if you have heard of intermittent fasting. And if you have, have you actually tried it? So when it comes to weight loss, or maybe overall health and wellness, I feel like intermittent fasting, became all the rage and is still here to stay. There are a lot of benefits and some risks. And I am not an expert on the topic, but I did bring in a friend who is an expert. So this is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And my guest today is Farah Khan. Farah is an RDN and a CDN, and she's been on the show before. And I love talking to her and getting all my nutritional insights. So Farah, come on in and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, Angie. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to be back. Um, thank you for that lovely introduction. I am a registered dietitian and a certified nutritionist in New York City. Been an, a registered dietitian now for over eight years. Um, and I definitely have worked in a variety of settings from hospital to nursing homes. Um, what I do now is teach nutrition at the college level and then also work with a lot of clients one-on-one um, to help them meet their goals, you know, whatever they may be related to nutrition. So... Um, certainly intermittent fasting has come up as a topic, um, in, in in you know, is there, so what would you like me to start on? Because again, intermittent fasting is so broad. Um, you know, there are a lot of different aspects to
0: it. So, right. Well, let's start with this. First, I just want to say, I want to give you a little plug. So after mm-hmm. I met Farah, cause we both contributed to the women's uh, fitness specialization for NASM mm-hmm. and I contributed a core chapter, Farah did a chapter on nutrition. And afterwards I started working with Farah as a client and working on nutrition. So putting a little plug in there for your services, Farah. But what I want to start with is, you know, in the description, for those of you who read the description, you're like, yes, I can't wait for this episode. I said that we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the health benefits and risks, also how it impacts digestion and how to practice it. So let's start with this though. Let's, I want to know, I did a, just a small amount of research enough to be dangerous. And it turns out there's a lot of different types of intermittent fasting and I I had no idea. So could you maybe tell one at a time, maybe the top three types, and let's just kind of dissect them a little bit at a time. Sure. Um, absolutely right. There are different
1: types of intermittent fasting. Um, I will say the one, you know, way of looking at intermittent fasting is to not look at it as fasting, but as time-restricted feeding or time-restricted eating. That is, is actually one of the most popular methods of intermittent fasting where individuals may eat for an eight hour or eat within an eight hour window of time and then fast for 16 hours. Now some people may do what we call a 24 method where they might fast for 20 hours and eat in a four hour window. But oh this my gosh. Is, right so that's a very limited eating window. And, and we'll go into you know what is it effective for. But the 16:8 tends to be the most popular when people do try it, where they may, you know, eat within an eight-hour window that might be from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., which a lot of people find easier, or it could be another window, eight-hour window that they specify. So that's one method. Um, another method is what we call the 5:2 method, where they may eat normally, you know, their regular intake for five days of the week, and then for two days of the week, they may fast completely, okay? So not necessarily have anything all day, wait till the following day to eat. So that's called the 5-2 method. A third method, you know, for sort of going with three is the alternate day fast, where you might eat regularly one day and then fast the next day, um, and then repeat that over the course of the week. So you're sort of on and off with your eating,
0: Oh my goodness. So I I have to think about that for a minute. So, the because that was something I'm glad you said it because at the beginning, what I failed to do was actually say what intermittent fasting is, which basically it just involves eating within a specified period and then not eating on the off hours, which is essentially what you said. But yes, I was, I guess I should have been a little more clear on that. So, I love the, well, I don't love, actually, all of it made me hungry.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I do agree that the thought of fasting sometimes is
0: stressful. So right, it's that word. So mm-hmm. the one that struck me was the eight and 16. Mm-hmm. So often I have this, my own little agenda, if you will, that I've done for years, which long before I ever really knew about intermittent fasting, but I would kind of like, quote, cut myself off at, um, you know, six or seven. And, uh, I, I, like to end my dinner early, but I'm also a big breakfast person. So at six or seven, I'd like cut off because if I don't cut off, I tend to just, um, grace. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you're saying though, the most typical, so I might do maybe a 12 hour in a 12 hour is kind mm-hmm. of, how I end up doing it. So I would imagine there are, like you said, lots of different ways of doing it. So then why, you know, maybe give us a couple of benefits of why we would want to do this. Sure. Yeah.
1: And you sort of nailed it when you said why, because that's always going to be a question that I ask clients to think about, you know, when they say, well, I want to do intermittent fasting or I want to practice another dietary protocol. A big question is always going to be why, what, what is your why, you know, do you have a reason for wanting to practice a particular dietary protocol or implement any changes that are tied to your goals, okay? Now with intermittent fasting, and let's just take the time-restricted feed-in model where you may be eating for, you know, let's say your example, the 12-hour window, or you may be eating for like an eight-hour window and then stopping for and giving yourself a break for 16 hours. A lot of research does support that it does have benefits for improving insulin sensitivity. Okay. So from a, a metabolic point of view, you know, if there's an individual who t- whose blood sugar has tended to have increased over the course of several years, they may be potentially pre-diabetic, you know, their A1C, which is their hemoglo- uh, gly- glycosylated hemoglobin, the measure of how well they've controlled their A1C or their blood sugar over the past three months, that's been creeping up. Time-restricted feeding uh, or intermittent fasting can help improve that insulin sensitivity and improve your blood sugar control, you know, when practiced over a period of time. So there is
0: huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge because, I mean, that is an actual health benefit that makes sense. That has nothing to do with weight loss. Correct,
1: correct. And that was, you know, that's one of the biggest things in that if you look at the research, for weight loss, there's no significant difference in the long term whether you do intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding or just practice moderate cal- caloric restriction to achieve weight loss, okay? In the in long term, there's no significant difference between the two. With insulin sensitivity though, ins- um, time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting does have a benefit. So from a health perspective, yes, it can absolutely help Individuals who are pre diabetic, you know, improve that insulin sensitivity over a period of time. Um, okay. So that's, you know, definitely a big benefit from a health perspective.
0: What's another benefit then? What's another why? You know, when mm-hmm. somebody's still like, okay, well, my A1C is good. And so why would I want to do this far? What, what would you tell them? <laughs> well, I guess you're asking them what's their why. But <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I would definitely ask what's their why. So, you know, if we take the example of weight loss and, um, you know, let's say someone wants to practice it because they're trying to lose weight and they feel that this would help them as a tool for helping them implement limits on maybe excessive snacking at night, for example, you know, that's where a lot of people run into issues where they may be watching TV late at night or, you know, after dinner. Um, And then they start eating out of boredom or, you know, it's turned into a habit where they're eating while watching TV or they're in the habit of getting a snack at X, you know, nine o'clock PM or something. Implementing a window of eating for some individuals helps them follow a framework, okay? And gives them a tool for setting limits on their own snack habits, okay? And, And so they're sort of implementing a regimen that may help them curb excessive eating and keep their mean meals within a certain window. So if it's a tool that's helpful and that is helping you, you know, limit excessive eating or excessive snapping, then by all means, great, you know, employ it
0: if you find that it's helpful. I have a thought about that. So I I like that one only because... I do feel like when you said that to me, you said a window of eating. I -hmm. thought, isn't that the truth? Because when like, for instance, when the pandemic hit, nobody wants to talk about that anymore, but what did we all have a hard time with? We had a hard time working at home and cutting ourselves off into our everyday life, if you will. And so it's that same thing with eating. If for me, what, what started it, like I said, years ago was if I don't give myself a stop button, I don't have a stop button. And it was then causing me to eat so late that I would affect my sleep or I would eat sugary foods and then I would have weird dreams. And so for me, it really was a health issue. And it gave me a window where I was like, okay, Angie, by seven o'clock, you need to cut it off. And I literally go brush my teeth because then I'm like, yep, not going to eat after that. Right.
1: Yeah, that's a great tactic as well to say, okay, well, I've now I've got a minty taste in my mouth. I definitely don't want to eat after this. Right. So yeah, you, you know, a lot of times people want structure, um, which is why a lot of popular diets become popular, why a lot of practices become popular. They want structure. They want some sort of a framework to follow that helps them make certain decisions. And, you know, intermittent fasting has been that structure and framework for a lot of individuals saying, you know what, I, I just want to something to help me limit my snacking outside of this window. Um, So if it provides that structure, fine, you know, it's not necessarily detrimental to you getting your nutritional needs met as long as you're eating adequately within that window. Okay? Okay. I think we're, you know, it, people may run into trouble with it is if it's not particularly in line with some of the goals they're after. And more specifically where, you know, I'm looking at athletes in this group or your know, recreational athletes, your semi-professional athletes, that if your the demands on your body are high, okay, that you have a high energy requirement, you're someone who likes to train in the morning, um, if you are training for a particular event or race or, you know, any athletic a- adventure or endeavor, and your nutritional needs are high, by limiting your eating window, are you depriving yourself of the opportunity to get fuel in? Okay, mm. so that's one particular scenario where it may be detrimental to your goals as an athlete, okay, or a recreational athlete that is not enabling you to meet your nutritional needs and it's compromising your training and your recovery. Another scenario is where, you know, we said earlier, like the thought of fasting stresses me out. I mean, I like food. I like my breakfast. I like my meals. I like my snack. I The thought, the word fasting stresses me out because already I'm like a little anxious saying that, okay, wait, are you telling me I cannot eat breakfast in the morning, but, but I have to wait now till 11 o'clock? So if it's causing someone to overeat at night or during that window where, you know, they, they may be thinking, all right, well, if I fast in the morning, it means I can eat whatever I want between 12 and 8 p.m. And so, yeah, I'm going to have like, the cheeseburger, the milkshake, the fries and everything. All right. That's not promoting, you know, good nutritional intake and supporting your nutritional needs because now we're sort of skewing the the, the whole spectrum and saying, you know, just because you're limiting your eating min- window does not mean you don't need to pay attention
0: to what you are eating. Right. I and did. Right. and in, in addition to that, that made me think too, was you're right because Well, two things came to my mind. Like if you tell me the bathroom's broken, I have to go to the bathroom. So to your point, yes, that there's that idea of what do you mean I can't eat? But also I do think that I could see where that would turn into a mentality of, well, if I'm gonna eat only during a certain window, I don't have to be as cognizant of what I'm eating. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's a really fair point. And Farah, before we go any further, I want to just reintroduce you. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body, and I'm Angie Miller. I'm talking to Farah Khan, and we're talking about intermittent fasting. So we're talking about those, um, you know, windows of eating, so to speak, windows where you eat and windows where you don't eat. And we're talking, Farah has already told us about some of the different ways to do that, but now some of the benefits and some of the downfalls. Mm-hmm. So um, by all means, Farah, what would be another downfall or if you want to go back to a benefit? Yeah, I mean, we definitely do both. So another, I'll start with downfall in,
1: you know, we talked about if you're an athlete and a, a, an a, active individual and your needs are high, then it may compromise, you know, you getting adequate nutrients in. Um, If you're someone who sort of is adversely influenced by being told that you cannot do something, you know, it may increase the likelihood of overeating later on in the day, or, you know, eating or selecting, I should say, less healthy options simply because now you're limiting your eating window. For anyone also, and this may, you know, again, be a certain segment of the population where there are disordered eating habits, where there is a tendency to restrict. So again, it becomes a little bit more slippery and and detrimental in those scenarios in that, okay, are you now limiting food, you know, from a perspective of being restrictive? Um, So if it's, if it's, again, not coming from a healthy place from a particular health goal from the aspect of improving one's health I can't get I, I, yeah, to me it becomes very detrimental and destructive from that okay.
0: well and that makes total sense and so you know because you do have to think about what is my goal. And that goes back to the why. Mm-hmm. And if there are disordered eating patterns, and like you said, you're already restricting, then yes, being on an even more restrictive time frame, so to speak, could be that makes a ton of sense. You know, so my question for you would be, how does intermittent fasting impact digestion? Mm-hmm. Are there benefits to having better digestive health if I put a span in there where I'm not eating?
1: Great question. You know, and I think digestive health has definitely been a hot topic. It still yeah. is a hot topic for gut microbiome. Um, you know, as human beings, I think there's always a benefit to sort of taking a, a break and allowing our circadian rhythms, you know, that time to to kick in and to rest, digest and restore overnight. And typically it's been that nighttime period where you know, we're not eating in the middle of the night. We're sort of resting and give and giving our bodies that break to replenish, restore, um, and recuperate. So I do think that there is a benefit from like giving yourself that window of time to sort of not continuously being putting food in your body. Yeah. From the perspective of bloating as well, you know, a lot of times people say, "Well, I, I'm I'm bloated. I feel like really puffy." I'm like, give yourself a break. You know, if you're constantly sort of and again, diet quality has a lot to do with this as well. But if you're constantly putting things in, your body's like gotta process stuff and get rid of it. Digestion takes time. It's not you know, you don't put it in your body and all of a sudden it's gone. Um so allowing your body to process food, work through the system can be very important. Um, so I do think from for from a evolutionary perspective, from a physiological perspective, just giving your body that break to de- to rest, digest, absorb okay, process those nutrients does help to promote a healthy gut, okay, that being said, the quality of food intake is hugely important as well, you know, so if you're sort of practicing intermittent fasting, but then, you know, eating like a lot of junk food, it's still not going to do wonders for your gut, okay, so quality food intake is is huge, Um, but then on top of that, supporting that with giving your body a break as well.
0: Well, and the going back to the rest, digest and restore, it makes sense that the more opportunity your digestive system has to work through those foods, you know, especially even for like someone like me, I'm, I'm very addicted to vegetables. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love sugar, but I'm very addicted to vegetables. And so if I do eat even vegetables too late at night, right. It's, it's a longer night. And so having, having my body have time to absorb all that and, 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 process that actually works to my advantage. Mm -hmm. So Farah, as we're kind of talking about this, I'm thinking this might be a loaded question. So we might need to unpack it a little bit because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking in terms of, is there a benefit to one method over another? Mm -hmm. But the reason why I say we might need to unpack it a little bit at a time is to me, that's loaded in that. I would imagine the benefits have to do with The goals, right? (laughs) Right? So, could we like do a little table and like, okay, if this was your goal, then what do you think?
1: uh, Great, great question, and I think it's a great concept as well to say like, you know, is one method going to be better for you if your goal is X versus another method for for if your goal is Y? I, I think it does boil down to really starting with the individual's goals and their individual preferences for what they, if even if they want to try something like intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding, let's say that, that an individual who's pre-diabetic or has elevated A1C or, you know, blood sugar levels says, you know what, I really want to try this. All right, now we, we may take a look at, well, what's going to be realistic and feasible for you to do? And what is your preference? Because at the end of the day, you know, you, most people can do anything one-off, you know, you could do anything for one time or twice, but your preference and something that's going to be realistic and sustainable for you is going to make a big difference as to whether you continue to practice that behavior or not. Uh, so I think that's a big question asked as well. Well, A, is this sustainable, you know, and is it something that goes along with how I like to eat anyway? Okay. Um... This also, you know, takes us back to, I want to say highlight another benefit, you know, because we, we did talk about a lot of sort of like the negative sides to it. But another benefit that is supported in the research is this, you know, this concept of autophagy um, in the, and it ties into like, again, giving your body a break, rest, recuperation, in that if you overnight, particularly, we do have this window where we're not eating. Our body is repairing structure, cells, um, re- you know, restoring various processes. It is a time where we're also sort of breaking down um, unhealthy matter, unhealthy material, unhealthy cells in going through this process of replenishment, okay, of like destroying old tissue. And I, I don't use the word self-destruct because it has this vision of us self-destructing. We're not self-destructing, but are we are break- we're constantly turning over. Tissue cells um, matter in our body, and this is an important process when it comes to reducing inflammation, um, upregulating our immune system. Okay, so these are also benefits of intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding that are supported in the literature. Okay, mm. so another benefit maybe for someone who is combating a lot of inflammation. Okay, this may be a method that could potentially help along with a healthy diet, adequate nutrient intake, is to say, all right, you know, by implementing some sort of an intermittent fasting protocol, can I combat some inflammation in my body that helps, you know, increase my quality of life or, you know, my health overall, simply by giving myself that limited window of eating in -hmm. which my body can um, and prolonged period of fasting where my body can break down, you know, older tissues, inflammatory processes, uh, and restore, you know, optimal health.
0: Okay. I like that one. I think that would have to probably be my favorite one, mm-hmm. just that idea of repairing and that idea of keeping a healthy immune system. And like you said, you know, you and I talked about immunity and, and, uh, the gut and all of that. And so mm-hmm. I like that the best. And I, I will say from a personal standpoint, from somebody who has practiced, just this 12 and 12 for a long, long time, which really doesn't fall into any of these. But if I do eat late, I don't feel the same, right? I do have a harder time digesting. I do have a harder time sleeping. So I do think that your body adapts and it can make you feel really good because mm-hmm. I definitely notice the difference if I eat too late right. or if I wake up at five in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm famished. And I start eating at five in the morning. Well, that's a long day of, of grazing, right? Yeah. Now I'm tired. So mm-hmm. I'm not grazing the broccoli. I'll tell you that. Right. So, um, so far before we kind of close up, is there anything else that you want to say about this time restricted feeding, um, or time restricted eating? You know, again,
1: I don't think it's like it's a good or a bad thing um, that a lot of times I think people, you know, we we compartmentalize things into, well, is this good for me to try or is this bad or what do you think of this? At the end of the day, I think it comes down to, is this appropriate for you as an individual? What are your reasons for wanting to try it? Okay. And is this something that you want to implement in the long term or is it something you want to maybe perhaps implement in the short term for a particular reason, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not one to sort of say, well, this is good, this is bad, even when it comes to a lot of foods because I think that everything is really on a spectrum. If intermittent fasting is something someone wants to try, okay, whether it's for improving their blood sugar levels, whether it's to help them curb their nighttime snacking, whether it's to maybe, you know improve some inf- inflammation in their body, and you know they've tried everything and they sort of want to implement this, whatever the re- that reason, and that's fine. but let's do this in a realistic way and not ignore the quality of your diet as well, okay? Because I think yeah you, you have to maintain your you know the quality of your diet, meaning you know eating whole foods, you know, limiting some of the extras that we sort of add in unnecessarily. Focusing on you know quality proteins, quality you know nutrients, and making sure you're getting all of that, whether you're doing intermittent fasting or not. Um, so I think that's going to be important. Another element that we may not have touched upon, but I think is important, is you know there's a lot of talk of mindful eating in honoring mm-hmm. your body's hunger cues and satiety signals, and sometimes I think intermittent fasting disrupts that or messes with that. In that, if you're someone who is banished in the morning, you know, and I love, I remember you said you like, you're a big breakfast person. I love breakfast as well. You may find that if, you know, if you're someone who tries to implement a 12-8 window of eating, and now all of a sudden you're like ravenous at 9 a.m., but you're not really eating till 12 p.m., is this not going to disrupt your day, okay? Are you sitting there thinking about food, gnawing at your knuckles, um, and going like, oh my god, I can't really do anything because I'm ravenous,
0: okay? Well, then this is not appropriate for you, Mm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think that's a really good point because you're spot on. I mean, anytime it's it's like deprivation and 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 the word fasting, deprivation, and you're spot on because as far as mindful eating, if I'm telling myself I can't eat, just the very fact that I'm telling myself I can't eat is making me want to eat because right. the mind is focused on what I'm telling myself I can't do. Right. So I think those were amazing points. I'm glad that you put those in there because I think that those needed to be set. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing that you said in this whole episode is why. Right. Is is go back to the why. It doesn't matter what the benefits or the risk, well the risk always matter, but what matters most is hey, what's your why? Why mm-hmm. do you want to do this and then we can talk about how to adapt an intermittent fasting program that meets your needs. Right. So Khan, thank you so much for coming on thanks to all of you for listening to the strong mind strong body episode I'm Angie I really appreciate you tuning in do let me know if you ever have a question or a suggestion for a topic in the future and we will see you next week